This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. So good to see all of you today. Praise God. Aren't you glad this is the day He's made for us? To rejoice and to be glad in. Hallelujah. I know there's a lot of bad news in the world, but I'm telling you what, for the child of God, it's all good. I said there's only good news. Hallelujah. I mean, if somebody takes your life from, from you, they've just done you a favor. That's all. Thanks for your excitement about that. All right. Well, anyway, you know, sometimes we get ourselves so tied to this temporal life that we fail to think about what it is that God has promised, the inheritance that awaits us, and what it is that God is going to do, not only now, but in the future. Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. My future's bright. I mean, if you're a child of God, your future is bright. Glory to God. Amen. And you say, well, what about the here and now? What about what it is I'm dealing with? Well, you know, that's why Jesus came. He came to redeem mankind. He paid a price. He shed his blood. He gave his life. And when he rose from the dead, came out of that grave, he said, I am, hallelujah, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. And I have the keys. Everybody say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, death, hell, and the grave. Glory to God. In other words, he is the all-sufficient and the almighty one. And we're going to talk about that today, amen? Because a lot of times as believers, we don't always see things as we should. We get ourselves so fixated, you know, and almost, you know, tunnel vision on whatever problems that we may be having. And we uh, fail to recognize and fail to see the greater one. Everybody say the greater one. You know, the Bible, when, when uh, the writer in the New Testament said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Hallelujah. We don't always see that. You know, a lot of times, again, you know, circumstances, situations, different things, you know, that we're facing and looking at and having to deal with, so on and so forth. You know, we're, we're not thinking about the greater one. We're thinking about the mountain that's in front of us and how we're about to be buried. But I tell you what, praise God, I got a good news for you. I'm telling you, the greater one, everybody say the greater one. one. Say it one more time. Yeah, say it one more time. The greater one, hallelujah, lives in you. So I tell you what, you can rejoice and be glad. Just like we sang that last song, wasn't that beautiful? You can trust in him because he is faithful. And you say, well, I sure wish he'd show up. Well, maybe he's waiting on you. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. Good. Well, did y'all bring a Bible with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles to the book of Psalm 145, the 145th Psalm. And I'm going to share something with you. Um, I've got eight pages of notes. So, <laughs> as they say, b- buckle up, buttercup. You know, I mean, it, it could be a while here. Hallelujah. You say, would you really do that? You know, we used to have church services that lasted for at least three hours. Yeah. Three. Everybody say three. Three. Dear God, you have a a, a service that lasts over an hour today and people start panicking. That's that's unfortunate. Hallelujah. You know, let's have church. Let's, Let's be with him. Let's look to the Lord. Let's expect that God might do something within our life. Not might, that he will. If we'll trust him. Hallelujah. Many of you, you know, you came here today and, and you know, you, you have to make a determination that it's not going to be business as usual. 
that you're really going to press in. And just like in the uh, song that we sang about seeking the Lord, I sought the Lord. Hallelujah. And the way that we do that is with our heart. It's not some mental gymnastics or some kind of a, you know, I hope the preacher's got something good to say. You know, I need a little whoop whoop inspiration. No, what we want is we want to hear from heaven. We want God to bring revelation in our heart about our lives and what it is that he's wanting to do to move us forward so that depression and, and discouragement and all the other D words can't climb on top of us and bring us down. Because I'm telling you what, we serve a great God and he's for us and he's on our side and he wants to do, listen to this, exceedingly abundantly above all that you can even ask or think because of the power of God that works on the inside of you. So there's potential, there's power, there's ability, there's things that God wants to do in our lives and sometimes we just kind of settle. Well, I don't want you to do that this morning. I want you to stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. I want you to look at things from a new perspective. I want you, praise God, to rise up out of the ashes of whatever it is that's trying to, you know, destroy or bring you down. Glory to God and say, you know what? Glory to God. There's something better that heaven has for me. Amen. Because he does. You know, God is a God of expectation. Amen. And a lot of times folks, they don't. And again, uh, you know, primarily because we get to looking at the wrong things, believing the wrong things, thinking the wrong things, and saying the wrong things. And so we end up in this stuff. Well, thank God we don't have to stay there. Are you listening to me? You say, when are you going to get to your notes? I'm not sure. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll read it at some point. You know, sometimes it takes, I mean, two-thirds of my message before I get to my text, you know. And the reason is, is because I'm more interested in saying to you what it is that I believe he wants you to hear so that you can get up out of your funk. Are you listening to me? There's a lot of funk in the world. Huh? I mean, it's everywhere. But I tell you what, glory to God, if you got your eyes on the right thing, you don't have to live in that for one moment. You can just rejoice. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Amen. You know, it's kind of like taking a trip. You know, some people, you know, they say, well, you know, the only way we can get there is we're going to have to go through the city and there'll be all this traffic and, you know, stoplights. And I mean, it's just going to be a mess. And I mean, we'll probably be locked up for God only knows how long and we'll never get to where we're going. And somebody else would say, well, why in the world would you do that? We could just go on the interstate or freeway and just roll around the whole mess and just get where we're going a lot sooner. So it all depends on how you look at life. Amen. You can look at it like the world if you want to, but praise God, Jesus paid a price, purchased you with his own blood so that he could lift you up out of that so that you can enjoy life and life more abundant. Glory to God forevermore. You know, the Bible makes it clear that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. Why? So that the blessing of God could come upon our lives. Hallelujah. But let's expect that. Well, you know, God never does anything for me. You know, as long as you have that kind of attitude and that's what you believe, that's what you're going to get. You know, people get everything that they believe. Nothing more, nothing less. And you have to decide what it is. You have to choose what it is that you are going to believe. Hallelujah. I'm doing better preaching. You're doing amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, glory to God forevermore. Yeah, but I've been believing. Yeah, but I've been asking God. Yeah, but you know, and I haven't, I mean, it's been a long time and nothing's happening. Well, you know, I like what my, uh, my spiritual father, Brother Hagin, said. You know, if I pray and ask God for something and nothing's happening, he says, I start to change. I start to change. Because I know the problem isn't with him. It's got to be with me. Well, you know, a few of you, you agree. That's good. Hallelujah. Because that's true. Amen. And we'll look at that too. Uh, you know, this is just kind of a, it's an appetizer. You know, it's, it's, it's saying what I'm going to say, and then I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to tell you what I said. And that's going to take three hours. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 145, verse 1. We're going to read a bit of this because the psalmist here, David, has some things that you and I really need to embrace as believers in our lives. I mean, here's an unregenerate guy. I mean, he knew God, you know, he knew Jehovah, you know, and, and, and he knew him as God. And of course, you know, that's true. But thank God you and I, we know him as our father. So all the more reason for the New Testament believer to be a whole lot more excited than he is, even though this guy is going nuts over his God. Amen. Notice what it says here. I will extol thee. Or exalt thee, my, my God, my King, O King. Look how he sees him. How do you see God? How is it that you as a believer recognize your heavenly Father? You know, is he the God that was? Or is he the God that should be? Or is he the God that is? Hallelujah. He said, I will exalt thee, my God, O King. And then he goes on then to say, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day. Everybody say every day. Every day. Every day. Not just once in a while when you feel good, see, you know, things seem to turn out all right, you know, or maybe you got an unexpected blessing. No, every day. Hallelujah. Both in the good times and the bad, he said, I will bless thee and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. Boy, isn't that true? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Notice he goes on to say that one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Haven't we had that in our lives? The generations that have gone before us have told us about the goodness and the greatness of our God. And now in our generation, we have the privilege of being able to communicate that same greatness to the generations that follow us. And then it goes on then in saying here, <clears throat> he said in verse five, I will speak of the glorious honor of your majesty and of your wondrous works. The men shall speak and men shall speak of the might of your terrible acts and I will declare your greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy good or great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion. Is that the way you see your heavenly father? Do you see him as gracious and full of compassion? Or do you blame him for the problems that you have in your life? Do you want to accuse him as the one who's causing problems and if he would just do something, then life would be better? No, the Bible says the Lord is gracious 
and full of compassion, hallelujah, slow to anger and of great mercy, the Lord is good to just a few folk. Oh, no, it says the Lord is good to who? Yeah, he's good to everybody. You got it a whole lot better than you think. That always goes over big. He's good to all, his tender mercies over all his works, verse 10. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints will bless you. Hallelujah. I hope you're blessing the Lord your God, amen? That you're rejoicing in his goodness and his mercy. Hallelujah. To be a child of God. I mean, you know, when you see God for who he is, when you see the greatness of God, it changes everything. David seen God for who he was. And so he was forever, every day, extolling and exalting his name. He said, I will bless the Lord forever and ever. Hallelujah. He will always be the one who's greater than anything that we ever have to deal with. And so David, you know, man, I mean, he expressed, he vocalized. When's the last time that you vocalized your praise and adoration for your God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And then as we look in the scriptures, there's another place in Isaiah where he said that in the, the uh, year that the king Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. See, Isaiah is seeing God a lot different than Christians these days see him. Huh? He said, I seen him sitting on a throne high and lifted up. You say, well, I ain't never seen that before. You know, God never, he, I've never had an encounter like that. Well, just take the testimony of this guy and get happy. Can you say amen? When you read about David and what it is that he did, and when you see what Isaiah saw, then praise God, you can just rejoice because he's the same God that you serve. Amen. He said, I seen him high and lifted up, glory to God, and his train filled the temple. Above it, or his throne, stood seraphims. Each one had six wings. You say, I ain't never seen nothing like that. Well, wait a while. Hallelujah. Six wings, with twain they covered his face, with twain, or two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the posts of the doors and the threshold below it moved at the voice of his cry. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, praise God, there's going to be some earth-shattering stuff and shaking stuff going on in these last days. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And it ought not be something that you're just, well, why not? <laughs> What's this? You ought to know. Hey, I knew this was coming. Can you say amen? And you can rejoice. So when you see God for who he is, I tell you what, it alters the way you do life. Can you say amen? 
I mean, many of you have experienced his greatness, his goodness, his mercy, his love and salvation. Many of you have experienced his goodness, his greatness and his love in being filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of you have been delivered from all kinds of junk in your life. Many of you, praise God, have been set free from all kinds of things that bound you at once that you were a slave to. And today, glory to God, you're a different person because of your encounter with him. He is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. He is our God. And it alters the way you think and how you believe. It changes your approach to life. We're living without fear, confident in your ability or in the ability of your heavenly Father and his ability to keep you and to bless you. It brings fear and adoration and honor and reverence from your heart to him because of what it is that he has done. Oh, he is great. And he is greatly to be praised. Amen? You know, all of, we read these scriptures, you know, like Isaiah and David and different ones in the Old Testament. These encounters that they had and different things and how God revealed himself. But again, for a lot of Christians today, man, dude, they're, they're, in, the, they're in the mully grubs. They're in the dumps. They're bummed about this or that or the other. And I'm not saying that we don't get challenged in life, but I'm saying, praise God, there's a different way to live. You know, when you have an answer, it provides you with peace. When you have one who is able, then you're able, praise God, to have confidence in life. And you, my friend, are just that person if you're a child of God. If you're born of the Spirit of God, he's given you everything that you need. Isn't that what Peter said? Say, I got it. But a lot of times we don't think we got it. We're looking at this, we're looking at that, we're looking at the other, and we fail to recognize that there is a God in heaven, praise God, that is forever and always watching over us to keep us, to help us, to bless us, to deliver us, to set the captive free, to help people so that they can know that there is a God in heaven that's greater, hallelujah. By the way, the title of my message is The Greatness of Our God. He is great. Can you say amen? And it's important for us to see it just that way. Amen. So God doesn't want you to go through life unsure. He doesn't want you to go through life confused. He doesn't want you to live in weakness. And he doesn't want you to go through life without real Bible faith. Real Bible faith. Faith that believes the word. Faith that says what God says. Faith that acts the way God would have you to to enjoy what it is that God wants for you to experience in your life. Hallelujah. So, you know, <clears throat> now, we're going to talk about these three Hebrew guys. Shadrach, Meshach, and away we go, them guys. You know, if you've been in, in the church or if you've been a Christian for very long, then you probably heard about this story uh, where Nebuchadnezzar, <clears throat> he built this, this uh, golden whatever, to himself, basically. And he made a decree that when all the trumpets and all the music and everything took off, everybody was supposed to bow down and worship this thing. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't do it. And he, he told them, he said, if you don't, you're going in the fire. And thank God these three Hebrew guys, they knew their God. The Bible says the people that do know their God shall be strong, hallelujah, and do exploits. Can you say amen? 
And so they said, we're, you know, King, we don't even have to think about this. We're not bowing down to this thing that you've made, which you call God, because it's not God. Glory to God. Can you say amen? There's only one God. There's only one Jesus Christ. There aren't a whole bunch of others. There aren't a whole bunch of other ways to heaven. If anybody tells you there are many different ways to heaven, I got news for you. The Bible says there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we can or must be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? So for all of the other religions, they may not agree with that. As a matter of fact, obviously they don't, but it really doesn't matter. Because thank God we have the witness of him on the inside of us that tells us and makes us to know, glory to God, that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. So anyway, these, these guys, they said, we're not going to do it, so do whatever you got. Well, he got in, in, incensed uh, with their response. He told them to heat the thing up seven times hotter, and by golly, they threw them in there. The guys, the, 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 the soldiers that actually had to throw them in there were consumed by the fire. It was so hot. But you know something happened. Now you say, well, I don't know. This is just a story in the Old Testament. I don't know if I believe this or not. Well, do what you want. I believe it. I said, I know that this happened. We have an account of it. Hallelujah. You say, well, you know, some things in the Bible are true and some aren't. You might as well throw your Bible away if that's what you think about the Word of God because all the words of God are true and sound forever. And these guys got thrown in there and all of a sudden the king looked and he said, hey, look at that. I mean, I'm sure it had a lot more emotion to it than that. But these three guys are walking around this furnace, but thank God there was a fourth one there with him. I said there was a fourth one there with him. Hallelujah. Yes, and he looked like the Son of God. You know, Jesus, if you end up in a furnace, he'll get in with you. He says, no problem. We can do this together. We'll walk through the fire and not be burned. And of course, they came out. You know, I said they came out. I said, they came out, and you're going to come out too, glory to God. Are you with me? And they weren't burned. Their clothes were still on them. Their hair wasn't singed. There wasn't nothing. Now, when that happened, guess what? That'll get people's attention. Huh? And this is what the king said. In, you can turn to Daniel chapter uh, 3 if you want with me, or you can just look up here. Verse 28, it said, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Blessed be your God, the God of Joan, the God of Carol, the God of whoever, you know, that's here today. Your God. He is to be blessed. And he said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I want to make this decree that every people, nation, language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill. Now listen, listen to this, because, listen to this, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. 
Woo, glory to God. Listen to what he said. There is no other God that can deliver like this. And he's right. I said he's right. He said, you speak amiss of his God and we'll cut you in pieces and make your house a dunghill. That didn't sound real exciting, does it? You know, you talk about people today and they speak disparagingly of God or Christians or, the, or, or, or Christianity in general. Dude, they got something coming and I'm telling you, they're not going to like it. I said, they are not going to like it. Now, I know that they speak these things in ignorance, but I'm telling you what, there is the fiery wrath of God that is coming upon the unbelieving and the ungodly. And we don't, we don't talk about it too much. We ought to. But I'm telling you, the fierceness of our God, when judgment comes, it's going to be like nothing anyone has ever witnessed before. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of it. Can you say amen? amen? And so Jesus, or God, I could say, in this situation at least, was exalted. I mean, there. listen to me, you guys. There is no God, no other God like the one that you serve. Are you with me? There isn't. None to be had. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's matchless. He revealed himself to Abraham in Genesis 17. He said, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now you have to understand that God had visited Abraham when he was 75 years old in his country. And this he said to him when he was 24 or 5 years later, 90 years old, 9, 90, 99 years old. He said, I am. He revealed himself. He said, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. You know, in the Hebrew, uh, the literal translation says, I am the God that is more than enough. I am El Shaddai. Hallelujah. And that's the God you serve. He's El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. Hallelujah. In every situation, when, when the devil is trying to turn the screws down on the inside of you or outside, externally, internally, whatever, you can just say, praise God. God is El Shaddai. He's my God and he's more than enough and he'll see me through and he'll make a way. Hallelujah. Oh, the devil hates that. You know, he's trying to convince you that it's not true and you're saying, well, there's no way it can't be true. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, if I could just somehow or another shake you up and get you, praise God, to start believing what it is that God has said and what it is that he has promised, I don't want you to be Eeyore anymore. You know who Eeyore is? Isn't he a mule or a donkey? Yeah, that says something. Hallelujah. But it doesn't make any, you know, he was, he was a character that didn't make any difference what it was. He was always down and out. He was always saying something disparagingly. It'll never work for me. There are a lot of Christians that way. I said there are a lot of them. But thank God he is the God that's more than enough. He is El Shaddai. 
Glory to God. And that's the way he revealed himself to Abraham. So you have all these guys, you know, whether it's David or Isaiah or, uh, you know, Abraham, having him revealed in this way. And I tell you what, the same God that was in or we read of in the Old Testament and the New Testament, he's the same God for you today. How many of you believe that? Amen. He's the same. Now, here's another example. Remember Daniel, you know, we're back in the book of Daniel again here, and Daniel ends up, you know, being exalted. You know, when you serve God and obey God, you'll get blessed, Brian, and God will begin to do things in your life that you could never imagine, and all of a sudden, everything starts to change, and you start going up instead of down. And when you're doing that, the people around you, a lot of times they get jealous about it. And that's exactly what happened to this guy. Daniel's just minding his own business. He's just serving God, being faithful, hallelujah. Uh, Recognizing and acknowledging the greatness of his God. And God is doing these things where these men are concerned to where they're being exalted in these kingdoms. First was Nebuchadnezzar, then it was Belshazzar, then it was Darius. And you know, all throughout these different administrations, if you want to call it that, these guys are being promoted. I'm telling you, God wants to promote you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to bless you. He wants to make you the head, not the tail. He wants you to be above only and not beneath. That's the God that you're serving. Can you say amen? So there ought to be an expectation in our lives to look for something better, to look for something greater, to have an expectation that God is going to do miraculous things in our lives and that he's going to lift us up so that we can glorify him. Hallelujah. I'm still doing better preaching. You're doing amen, but we'll keep it up. So here's Daniel. These men, basically because of jealousy and envy, they conspired against him. They said, there's no way we can get to this guy except it be through his religion, so let's do this. We'll just placate the king. We'll tell him how wonderful he is, you know, and pet him a little bit and, and tell him that he should make a decree that nobody in the kingdom should ever bow down to anyone except him. And if they do, they're gonna be punished. Huh? So that's what they do. King thinks it's a good idea, does the ring thing, you know, his signet, you know, and away you go. Well, what did Daniel do? He didn't say, oh my God, I can't do what I used to do every day, three times a day. I can't pray to my God because if I do, I'm gonna, no, that's not what he did at all. He did exactly the same thing that he's been doing all of his life, three times a day with his windows open. Huh? with his windows open. He wasn't apologizing for the God that he serves and neither should you. Well, they seen him, you know, and they said, King, you gotta, and the king knew right away that they had done it out of envy or jealousy or, you know, whatever. And so he had to do because of the, you know, decree of the Medes and the Persians and the whatever, you know, couldn't go back on his word. He said, you know what? Daniel, God, your God is going to deliver you. Now, you know, if you're the guy saying that, it's a little bit different than the guy that's going in the den. Huh? But yet Daniel did believe that. And guess what? He spent a night in the lion's den. But he came out, praise God, and he was still alive. The king never slept a wink that night, came and said, Daniel, is your God able? And he said, O king, live forever. 
Here's how it says. Then Daniel said to the king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocence was found in me and also in you, O king, I, uh, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceedingly glad for him, commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. And so Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him. Listen, listen, listen. Because he what? He did what? I want you to believe this morning that the greater one, the great God, your God, your Father, hallelujah, is able to deliver you and set you free in Jesus' name. No matter what the circumstance is, we're going to shake that snake off into the fire. It's time for all discouragement, despair, and depression to leave in Jesus' name. And let the glory of God shine big within each and every one of our lives. Can you say amen? amen? Now, King Darius wrote to all the people of the nations and languages that dwelled in all the earth. He said, peace be multiplied unto you, and I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. I love it when unbelievers have to tell you that God is God. Huh? He goes on, he is a living God and is steadfast forever. His kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, his dominion shall be even to the end. He delivers, he rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and earth who has delivered Daniel from the power of these lions. Listen, I'm telling you what, dear friend, this morning, life ought to look a little bit different after you're having been here. I said, you ought to rejoice, glory to God, because I'm telling you what, when the Spirit of God gets to moving like this, even unbelievers will say, there must be a God in heaven. Hallelujah. I remember, praise God, when people got saved and we got turned on to the Word of God, the transformation of these people's lives, I mean, it altered their lives. And not only that, but unbelieving people had to acknowledge there must be a God because no one can change someone like God has changed this person. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You know, at the birth or the development of the fellowship, when God put it in our heart to start this church, you know, there were a handful of people. We love God, but I'm telling you, most of the world said them people are idiots. Yeah, they spoke disparagingly of us. They said they'll never make it. When we took this building, which is uh, now the administration building, the offices and the, and the youth room, when we took that, they said they won't last five minutes. And I gotta tell you, it was touch and go. I said it was touch and go, but I'm telling you there's a God in heaven that if you stay with him, he'll stay with you. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what we did, little by little. And God brought people. I mean, there is no reason for God to bring people into a cornfield unless he's got a plan. And that's exactly what he did. And he raised up men and women who gave and supported and served and did the work of God. And look what it is that the Lord has done. Hallelujah. 45 years later, we're still here. And most of them people are dead. 
I'm telling you, when God decides that he's going to do something, you might as well just get out of the way. Well, maybe better just get in sync. Huh? Yeah, there was challenges. Yeah, there were all kinds of things that we had to deal with. But here now, in a multi-million dollar facility, we sit. And I'm telling you, back then, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. I'm telling you, God is able. He is able. And he's not only able to do it for us as a church, he's able to do it for you. But you've got to believe right. And you've got to say what it is that he said. They said, we're a cult. You know, for five years, they wouldn't even give us the time of day. They didn't want to have anything to do with us, even the vendors, the people that provided propane, the people that had to do services and whatever. They didn't want to have anything to do with us. The bank, they didn't want to take the loan. They couldn't help it because it was assumable. They had to. But they didn't want it. You know, you'll get shunned, you'll get kicked around from pillar to post, but I'm telling you what, praise God, you stand up and you be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and I'll tell you what, he'll make a way where there is no way, and that's exactly what he did. And so what we started doing is we started paying our bills ahead of time, you know? And, they, and this is what they said, this was their testimony. Well, I don't know what in the world they're doing down there, but at least they pay their bills. When we were remodeling that building over there, we went to the hardware and uh, we were talking to them. They, they, I said, how's everything going? And, well, no, there ain't nobody doing nothing. The only people that are doing anything is you. It was at a recession time, you know, and people were tight, you know, and so they weren't doing anything. And here we are in the middle of a famine, praise God, building the kingdom of God and bringing about the will of God upon this earth in this house. Hallelujah. And it's true, you know, you probably experience it when you go to the bank and you need money, they ain't got none for you. But when you got money, then they, then, then they got more money for you. And that's exactly what we experienced. When we needed money, they wouldn't give it to us. When we had money, then they said, hey, do you need to borrow some money? Can we help you out? Where were you back then? But that's the way of the world. Huh? Thank God he's done exceedingly abundantly above all we could even ask or think. So here's my question to you this morning. I said all that to ask you this. How do you see your heavenly father? How have you been looking at your father? Well, you know, I was praying and asking God to fix my deal and nothing happened. You get that all the time. Excuse me for just a moment. I got things going places they're not supposed to. Wow. Yeah, it's my fault. Let's see. I don't know what's going on back here. There. How's that? Do I have some rooster tail sticking up, honey? Yeah, kind of. Don't worry. Here we go. Here we go. Look at this. Is this helping? need to Bluetooth these things. No cords. Okay, that's good. Here's what some people say. It wouldn't be you, but you can just listen. I was praying, asking God to fix my deal. Nothing happened. When I really needed God, I feel like he let me down. There are some people today, and you might be in this room, 
that you lost someone in your life that you love and you've been blaming God. I'm telling you, God is not the one who kills, steals, and destroys. Satan is the one who kills, steals, and destroys. Fred Price was a pastor at Crenshaw Christian Center in uh, Los Angeles, California. <clears throat> and early in his life, before he got a hold of the word of faith, his little eight-year-old boy walked out in front of a car and it killed him. And, you know, he went to the funeral and the preacher says, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, I can tell you right now that the Lord didn't take Fred Price's uh, son. Are you listening to me? And it wasn't until he got a hold of the word of faith that he realized the enemy, the destroyer, the adversary of our soul, Satan is the one who came and took that boy's life. Are you listening to me? Well, as it turns out, God gave him another one, and now his son's in a pulpit preaching after he's gone to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. He gave him beauty for ashes. Amen. But you know, when you know the truth, the truth will make you what? Free. And yet a lot of times things happen in people's lives, and then they live their lives blaming God for something that he didn't have anything to do with. Well, why didn't God this? Why didn't I? Those are beyond my pay scale, but I'm just telling you, God is a good God. He's for you and on your side. So you have to rightly divide what it is that's taking place in your life. People say, you know, I, 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 I needed him, but he let me down. I was believing for something that didn't turn out like I wanted. I've been asking God to do something for I don't know how long, and everything still seems to be the same and maybe worse. See, when you start digging that hole and you start corkscrewing yourself into the ground, God, why aren't you doing something? You're going the wrong direction. I was playing Mario Kart with my six-year-old granddaughter yesterday. And you know, you can get screwed up pretty easy in this game. And all of a sudden this sign, you know, comes down and starts doing, you know, bouncing up and down and it's got a U-turn sign. The sign has a U-turn on it, like you're going the wrong way. So you got to wheel it around, get going the right way. How many of you know I'm talking about? How many of you don't even care? All right. Well, anyway, that's what it does. And I'm just telling you, praise God, that maybe you need to read the sign that's bouncing up and down this morning in front of you saying you need to turn around and go the other way. Are you listening to me? Because I tell you what, praise God, you're never going to get where you want to go if you're going the wrong direction. Are you with me? And so it's important for us to understand these kinds of things. So when you, you know, and here's another thought. This is just a thought. It's just a thought. Just a thought. Maybe the problem doesn't rest with God or in what God needs to do. Maybe it has to do with us. I bet you're so glad you came today. More often than not, when we're waiting on God, he's waiting on us. Okay? And I get it. I mean, I get it. You know, I, I think it's a pretty natural thing within the makeup of, of a, a, a human being to, to ask, God, why aren't you doing anything? But like I said before, my spiritual father said that when things aren't changing, I start to change. Huh? 
Well, that's going to require something of me. Yes, that's true. But, you know, here's an interesting example. Abraham, when God spoke to him, it was a test. That's all it was. I want you to offer Isaac as a sacrifice before me. Take him up to where Jesus died on the cross, and I want you to offer him. And so the next day, dude, they saddled up the donkeys. They got their provisions together, and away they went. And he was fully intending to obey God and do what it is that God asked him to do. And you'll note in the scriptures in Genesis 22, 7, that Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And so they both went on together. You know, there's times in your life when you're dealing with stuff, you know, and you don't have all the answers and you're wondering why, but I'm telling you, God is the same forever and ever and ever. And he will make a way where there is no way. So thank God he was smart enough, Abraham was smart enough to look to the Lord and say, he will himself provide an offering in this circumstance. And of course, he sure enough did that. Can you say amen? So, you know, the Bible says that when all of this went down, you know, and when he found the, when he was fully prepared to do what he is and the angel stopped him and they found this ram that was over in the thicket stuck, that was a sacrifice that was to be offered. And the Bible says that Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, hallelujah. Well, how many of you know what Jehovah Jireh means? My what? My what? A lot of you are sitting there going, I ain't never even heard of that before. What is that? Jehovah Jireh, my provider, where the Lord provides. Hallelujah. Maybe you're in a place right now, man, and you need some provision. Any of you ever been there before? Well, I'm telling you what, my Bible says my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So let's believe him and let's trust him. Can you say amen? You know, F.F. Bosworth in his book, Christ the Healer, I'm, I, I encourage you to get the book, Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth. In that book, he makes reference to... Uh, the Schofield Reference Bible where Cyrus Schofield in his footnotes states that the name Jehovah is distinctly the redemptive name of deity. So in other words, when God told these men who he was, what's he doing? He's revealing himself to them by who he is, his name. He said, Abraham, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. So in this case, Abraham said, or I'm sorry, yeah, Abraham said, he is Jehovah Jireh. Again, distinctively the redemptive name of deity. And it means this, the self-existent one. Hallelujah. Oh, don't you love it? Glory to God. There is nothing greater than our God. He is the self-existent one who reveals himself. And the seven names of redemption that we find in the Bible point to, listen now, they point to a continuous and increasing self-revelation. So in other words, as, as God is going down the road of life with humanity, He's revealing himself in these names 
Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah's Tzid Canoe, Jehovah Rapha, you know, all of these different ones that we don't have time to really get into here this morning. You know, he's revealing himself. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, there came a day after 400 years of silence that a, a baby by the name of Jesus showed up on the scene. What's God doing? He's revealing himself. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Whatever we see him doing in the gospels, glory to God, that is our God. He's revealing his will. He's revealing his plan to heal, to deliver, to set free. That's our God. He wants you to be free. Hallelujah. You say, yeah, so do I. Well, then praise God. It's time for us to stand up and take what it is that belongs to receive Like I said, you know, so many times people are waiting on God and what we're missing here is is that we're not taking, we're not receiving what it is that he's provided. Are you with me? You know, you just got to sometimes drive a stake in the ground and say, listen, I'm not putting up with this anymore. We're going to go a different direction. We're going to live a different life. We're going to have a better life. We're going to do what it is that God wants us to do. We're going to put away all the junk that the world is doing. I'm not going to allow my flesh to control me. Huh? and dictate to me because of anger or unforgiveness or resentment or whatever it is, glory to God, guess what? You can do something about your life. And God will get right in there with you, baby. I said he'll get right in there along next to you and say, come on now, let's do it. Huh? I was watching this show for a little bit last night called... uh, um, Special Forces, and they pick, how many of you ever seen that show? How many of you don't care about the show? Okay, well anyway, they pick these people, they're athletes, and they're this, and they're that, and they're whatever. Some are suited, some are not, and they put them into this this detail, and then they have to do a lot of the things like what the SEALs and different ones do, and guess what? Uh, That doesn't work out so good for some of them, you know? And... The reason I bring this illustration up is they had this tower and it was like 250 feet tall and there were steps all the way up it and they had to climb it. And, uh, you know, it was part of the deal, whether you stay in the game or you don't. And so they got one of these special force training instructor guys that's going up these steps with the guy ahead of him saying, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. You know. Keep going. And of course, you know, the celebrity or whoever, they're sucking air, you know, and they can't hardly walk and they got to whatever, whatever. And when they get to the top, then they got to rappel down the backside of this thing on a rope. And, you know, they're interviewing these people. I'm so afraid of heights, you know. I'm thinking, dude, you're in the wrong game because they're going to ask you to back off the back of this thing backwards and take off. (laughs) Well, my point to that is simply this. These instructors were there encouraging them, saying, you can do this. This is what you do. They'd been shown what to do and how to do it, and they just had to exercise themselves and do it. They had to take the steps. Dear friend, you're the same way. I'm telling you, God will deliver you. Glory to God. He'll set you free. You don't have to be bound by loveless kinds of acts and, you know, misbehavior and evil communications and, you know, speech that is unbecoming. You don't have to do any of that. You can, praise God, turn your life around. Are you with me? And while I'm at it, before you get all jazzed up about wanting to blame somebody else for all your problems, go look in the mirror. 
Now, the other person may have some issues, and there's no question about that. I've been married to one for a while, you know. (laughs) I'm just giving you a hard time. No. (laughs) The problem is not with her. (laughs) Trust me. Hallelujah. But that's what we think. That's exactly what we think. You know, doggone it, they're this, they're that. They won't do this, they won't do that. Since when is your happiness inside their head? You Nerf ball? Stop it. You're playing into the hand of the enemy and you don't even know it. Clown? You say, can you really say that? Yeah, I have to. I, 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 it's the only way I can shake somebody into realizing what it is that's going on in your life. Dude, come on. You have a God that is greater than anything you will ever face. And he's given you his son Jesus to put you over in life. So stop listening to the lies of the devil and start listening to what it is he said about you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Hallelujah. What if they don't change? You don't care. I mean, you do, but you don't. What do I mean by that? You're not gonna let their behavior dictate as to how you're gonna live and how you're gonna obey God. Are you listening to me? You know, I'm not really sure how to take your countenance. I'm gonna go over here and look, see if I can find some smiley faces. Hallelujah. It's tight, but it's right, you guys. You gotta get smart, amen? You know, if we believed all the lies that people were telling about us in our church, we wouldn't be here today. You'd be finding someplace else to attend church. The devil's a liar, and he'll lie to you. Say, yeah, if they were this, if they were that, they never appreciate this, they never show you any of that. And and there may be some legitimacy to what it is that you're saying, but dude, you gotta get your brain in a different place. When things don't go right, it's not the time to complain. That went over big. I don't have time to get into all of it. You can read it in Exodus 14. But when Israel was crossing the Red Sea, they took off, you know. And when they left, the Bible says they they left with a high hand. You know what that means? It means they did one of these when they were on their way out of Egypt. We took your spoils. We got everything. You turkeys, you know, and away they go. Well, then they get to the Red Sea and they can't cross it. And all of a sudden they look in the rearview mirror and here comes Pharaoh and his armies. Now, they don't think about the same God that delivered us the way that he did and showed us all of these miraculous things can do the same thing here while we're standing. No, they don't do that. They said, we would to God you would have left us there. Huh? They start complaining. And I mean, not, not, not just a little. I'll read just a little brief part of it. They said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in a wilderness? Why have you dealt with us thus? To carry us forth out of Egypt. Is not this the word that we tried to tell you in Egypt, saying, leave us alone? 
for it had been better for us. You know, living in sin is not better. Living in bondage is not better. Living as a slave is not better. But that's what they did. What did they do? They started to blame the leadership. They started to blame God. <clears throat> and God said, you just stand still and see the salvation and deliverance of God, you bunch of knotheads. That's not in there, but Nerf balls. That's right. You got it. The Lord shall fight for you, and you need to keep still. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Speak to the people or children of Israel that they go forward. God wants you to go forward. We stand around, we complain, we gripe, you know, we this, we that. You just need, you need to put all that, get it out of your vocabulary. Are you listening to me? Because as long as you do that, what it does is it just ties you to where you are. And you just keep corkscrewing yourself into the ground, and God doesn't want you to do that. That's why when we talk about the things that come out of your mouth, you know, it, the things you say are important. Not only about yourself, about your situation, but even what you say about others. You know? You've got to be as smart as Forrest Gump and say, that's all i got to say about that. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. In another story... Well, no, I don't have that time. Ask yourself this question. What is it that I need to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? Because obviously you don't know. I mean, if you're in a spot, you know, ask yourself. Pray. Ask the Lord. What does the Lord want me to do? Hallelujah. Because many times the problem is not external. It's internal. Something needs to change here. Huh? Change of heart. I use my son, son uh, Greg, as a, an example of this. You know, we were trying to raise these kids, and Greg was just, he was a different breed of cat, man. I mean, you know, it's like trying to pin jello to a wall, you know. <laughs> and one time he did something. I don't even remember what it was. I think I blotted it out of my mind. I don't even want to remember. But I was so mad at him, you know. I know you think preachers never get mad, but you're wrong. I was ticked. And in my tickedness, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do or how I'm going to be able to handle this, all of a sudden I hear the Spirit of God on the inside of me. He says, you know why you're mad? And I knew right then, dude, I am in trouble. Because <laughs> here I am in the middle of this and God is talking to me. Okay? God's not supposed to be talking to me now. He's supposed to be talking to me when we're in the church service and we got our hands raised and God is good. Hallelujah. No, no. Right in the middle of my mess. He said, you know why you're mad? <sighs> no, Lord, why? He said, because there's nothing that you can do about it, and it impacts you. You ever been in a situation before where people do stuff and it impacts you and there's nothing you can do about it? We all have. We see these things going on, you know, and, and all of a sudden, man, we go down this path and we want to be mad and we want this and that and the other. Dude, I am telling you, that is not the place to go. Well, what did you do, Mike? I'll tell you what I did. I repented right there and I prayed for my son and I asked God to forgive me for being an idiot. Uh, what'd you say? Nerf ball. Yeah. Because I was wrong. And I was never going to get, you know, I could have went out and lambasted him, you know, punished him. I mean, did all these different stupid kinds of, th not stupid, but, but things that would not have changed the circumstance. 
What did God want me to do? Love my kid in his mess. And that's what we ended up doing. And guess what? The guy is just preaching his guts out every time he gets a chance and turning the world upside down for Jesus today. Are you listening to me? That's a better way. That's a better way. I said, that's a better way. How many of you are still glad you came today? Well, <clears throat> so ask yourself some of those questions. Like in relationships, what would love do? I don't even want you talking about love. I don't even want you to talk to me about what love would do. Don't even go there. I don't want to. I don't care what you want. I'm the pastor. I'm here. I'm talking to you. What would love do? Well, I don't want to do that. Well, then you got to come on. Don't blame God. Just live in your stuff. Oh, boy. Isn't it great? Hallelujah. How about in financial circumstances? Instead of just, you know, going down the tube, we should say, my God, but my God, but my God shall supply all my need. So what action is required in his supplying what it is that you need? I don't know what that is, but he does. God, what would you have me to do? You know, a lot of times we don't want to do nothing. Come on now. But if we'll put our hand to something, God can bless it. Can you say amen? All right, hallelujah. In physical health, we can say himself took our infirmities. So act like you would, listen, act like you would if you did believe in what it is that he promised. Huh? If he said, if you'll walk in love, you will never fail, then you can say, by golly, I'm going to walk in love and I'm not going to fail. Now, we don't have time to define what love is, but you get it. Huh? Am I in the right house? I can tell you're coming to the place of threshold and you're about done. Hallelujah. You say, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can always tell when people are full. You know, it's like, okay, it's time. God wants you to believe. Everybody say it together. I believe. I believe. See, if you live in this life, you're going to experience the storms of life, difficulties and challenges. It's inevitable. The only way you can get out, you know... <laughs> Just die, you know. Jesus made this statement. He said, these things I've spoken unto you in, in, so that in me you might have peace. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation, temptation, test, trial, difficulty, whatever. But be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So he's going to show us how to overcome. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Yeah. And... and uh, <clears throat> I'm going to close with this because I think it's a, it's a piece that will help you. Because a lot of times when people get in trouble or they're experiencing trouble, they immediately think that, you know, they must have done something wrong. You ever done that before? Nobody? Wow, that's wild. Okay. All right. A lot of times, you know, when difficulty come our way somehow or another, you know, well, it must be me. You don't know what it is, but it must be me. There are two things that happen there. The devil either takes and tries to corkscrew you into the ground with that idea, or he tries to do it by getting you to blame God for whatever's going on in your life. But what I want to tell you here is, is that you're going to experience challenges within your life. Some of them might be because you are out of the will of God or you're not living the way that you should. But the general, I mean, you know, if you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you know what's wrong and what's right. So stop, stop fishing. You know, what I do wrong here? What am I doing? You know, it must be me, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you don't know, then, 
you know, don't worry about it. I'll give you an example. Jonah. Jonah said, well, actually, the Lord said to Jonah, he says, I want you to go and I want you to preach to the people in Nineveh. He says, I don't like them people. I don't want them. I want them to go to hell. That's right. And he said, I ain't going. So he jumps on a boat. Now, let me ask you a question. Is Jonah in the will of God? No, he's disobeyed God. He's out on a boat. And guess what? He gets narfed by this, this whale. You know, and I don't know if you know it or not, but that'll give you a change of heart. So the whale spits him back up on the shore and he starts obeying God. So he got into a mess. Why? Because he disobeyed God. You know, the disciples, they asked Jesus. See, in the Hebrew mind, if people get sick, they, they must have done something wrong. And I think that happens with people, our people today. You know, they asked Jesus, they said, who sinned? This guy or his parents that he was born blind, Jesus said, neither one of them. He's this way so that the works of God can be done in him so that he can be set free and so that he can receive his sight and so that God can be glorified. But see, that's the mindset. Somebody must have done something wrong here. Well, Jonah, he did something wrong. You with me? Okay. So now here's another story in the New Testament. We got Jesus and He's preached all day long, man, and he is wore out. I mean, he's just been going for it. And he tells his disciples, he said, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that the will of God? Yeah. All right. So they all get in the boat and they take off and all of a sudden this storm of wind comes up. Now, they're in the will of God, but they're also in a boat and they're in a storm. Huh? Are you listening to me? So sometimes you can be in the will of God and still end up in a storm. But guess what? He'll get you to the other side if you trust in what he said. So they woke him up and they said, hey, man, we're about to die. Don't you care? And he got up in the bow of that boat and said, peace, be still. And there was a great calm. And these guys freaked out. They said, who is this guy that even the wind and the sea obey him? But you know what he said to them? He said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? See, when Jesus gave the command to go to the other side, when he tells you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, when you can't, you know, when he says, you're the head, not the tail, you're above only, not beneath, huh? That he's going to put you over in life, that he's going to do it. That's what you need to believe. You don't need to believe the circumstances and and the situations. Does this make sense to you? Because these guys, Jonah wasn't in the will of God. Huh? No. Jesus and the disciples, they were in the will of God. And then you go to Acts chapter 27, and there's Paul. And Paul, he's imprisoned. He's appealed, made his appeal to Rome. He's on his way to see Caesar. They're going to take shipping to get there. But the Bible says that Paul perceived in his spirit. And he said, we shouldn't take this trip. Now, you know, sometimes God can warn you, but if you don't obey him, guess what? You're on your own. Huh? And yet, because of, you know, economics and different things of that nature, they said, now nah, it'll be all right. Let's go look at the weather. And they get out in the middle of it. They get committed just like we do sometimes. And then all of a sudden, they'll haul hell breaks loose. Uh-oh. What do we do now? Well, maybe we want to pray or repent. Are you with me? So it isn't really a matter of whether they were in the will of God or not, although Paul said we shouldn't do this. Because of Paul, everybody say, thank God for Paul. 276 people lived 
If he hadn't been on that boat, they would have all perished. He said, be of good cheer, for there has stood beside me. While after long abstinence seeking God, an angel appeared to him and said, I'm going to spare your life and everybody that's on this ship, but they got to stay in the boat. That's a good word, stay in the boat. And people that aren't in the boat, man, you know, they're not in the body, they're not engaged in the kingdom, they're not doing what it is that God wants them to do. Dude, they're, they're out there in some dinghy, you know, and I mean, you got 30 foot swells, and guess what? They're in trouble. Okay? Stay in the boat. Well, as it turned out, praise God, they were delivered. So what's my point to all that? Storms come. Hallelujah. But in any given circumstance, no matter what the storm is, God is on your side. He's for you. And I tell you, if you got to go through a storm, he'll be with you right in the middle of it, and he'll see you through to the other side, and you'll be better, not worse. You will be blessed. Hallelujah. You say, I've been in a storm for a while. Well, glory to God, the sun is about to shine. Come on now. Let's believe God. Let's know that he's a great God, that he's able, hallelujah, to deliver us, whether it's by many or by few. Can you say amen? Why don't you stand on your feet? I've talked long enough. Hallelujah. Way under three hours. Hallelujah. You all ought to rejoice. You're still going to get to eat. Glory to God. Amen. But in the meantime, here's what I want you to do. I want us to, let's, let's, let's reestablish the beachhead of our life. You know what I mean by that? Let's, let's, let's get some stuff settled here right now where our heart and our lives are concerned about the will of God in our lives. Some of you, you've been struggling and you're fighting and you're just not getting any victory. God wants you to have victory. Amen. And the first place that starts is for us to yield to him. I mean, if you gotta say, God, I do not know what to do, but my eyes and my heart are on you. Maybe that's the place to start. Maybe you know you're where you're supposed to be and you're just fighting a good fight of faith, glory to God, and you just need to be, you know, buoyed up, strengthened and saying, man, I I tell you, Father, I know that you're the God that's more than enough. We trust you. We sang about it today. You're faithful and I know you're going to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Maybe that's your deal. I don't know. Maybe there's things that you're wrestling with in your life, you know, bad habits, you know, things that have once had you bound that have crept back into your life. Glory to God. Today, everybody say today. Today, right now, on the 25th day of June, glory to God, let's make some changes in our hearts. I don't know what your need is, but I'm telling you this much, there's a God in heaven that not only knows what that need is, but he wants to come alongside you and he wants to do something significant in your life. Many of you, you've been depressed, discouraged, in despair, and this thing, it, 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 it hovers over you like a cloud. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth has set you free. And you need, by the Spirit of God, to make a declaration that you are not going to yield nor give into or have anything more to do with that depression. You just say, depression, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Discouragement, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And allow the power of God to come into your life and to begin to move as only he can and bring about changes. Some of you, you need breakthrough. We, re- we sang about that this morning. 
You know, it's time to turn a corner. And sometimes, you know, when we're in the pressure cooker, I mean, you know, we're just looking at this deal. I'm telling you, it's right in those moments in the great fiery furnace that you just got to say, hey, we, we, it, it doesn't take anything for us to answer this. We are not going to bow and we are not going to burn because the fourth man is in the fire with us today and he is going to deliver us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray with me. Father, as we gather today in the name of Jesus, oh, how thankful we are of your greatness and your goodness and your mercy. And we thank you today, Father God, that you supplied our every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That Jesus himself took our infirmities, hallelujah, and bore our sicknesses. And Lord, for every other need that's represented in our life, Father, you've made full provision, full provision for each and every one of them. And so, Father God, we want to thank you today. Hallelujah. Lift one hand up toward heaven. Just begin to thank him for his mercy and goodness in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Yes, we rejoice. Glory to God. You are everything that you said that you are. Father, now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, visit the hearts and minds of those present here today. Bring about, Father God, oh, revelation, understanding. Fill up that which is lacking in their lives, Lord. Help them to see, yes, with the eye of faith, that which belongs to them, every child of God. And let them know, praise God, that there's peace that can only be found in you. Lord, as we relinquish, as we give our hearts and our lives to you, Father God, I thank you for coming to mend, to heal, to make whole each and every life that is here today. Oh, Father God, I thank you for strengthening them with might by your spirit in their inner man, Lord. Thank you, Father, that as they stir up the gift of God that is within them, Lord, that they'll walk in the light of the word of God and be strong, strong in you. Hallelujah, in the power of your might. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your grace and your blessing. Come on, just lift your voices to him a little bit. Thank him, hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes, thank you, Father. Yes, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for coming and visiting them right now in this house, right here, speaking to their lives, speak to their hearts, speak to their mind. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for revealing yourself to them as you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, we rejoice in you, O God. Thank you for your mercy, your goodness, your grace. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise him a little bit more. Come on, it'll help you. It'll bless you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, those of you that have been having discouragement, despair, and, 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 and all of that kind of, I mean, you need to praise God. You need to lift up your voice, hallelujah. I know you don't feel like it, do it anyway, glory to God. Lift up your voice, hallelujah. Shake that old snake off into the fire, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. You know, depression and discouragement can't stay where people are praising his name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, aha. Thank you, Lord. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah, Father, we bless you. We praise you. We magnify your name. Glory to God. I want you to lift your voice. Come on, I want you to lift your voice. I want you to lift your voice. When's the last time you lifted your voice? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes, thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, how we honor you. Glory to God. Yes, we praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. You say, well, I'm not depressed. Well, praise God anyway. Hallelujah. Help the rest of them that are. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, how we praise and magnify you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes, Father, to lift, to lift, to lift the burden off. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just bow your heads with me for a moment. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I am so grateful for your greatness and your goodness toward me. Thank you today, Lord, for being such a blessing in my life to help me, to bless me, to encourage me, to guide me. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom that only you can give where my life is concerned. I praise you, Father. I thank you for your goodness. Father, as we stand before you as a congregation of people, we're so ever grateful, Father God, for your grace, your presence, and your power. I thank you, Lord, for having came today to speak into the lives of people, to show them, to help them, to bless them, to guide them, to set them free. I thank you, Lord God, for your works amongst the children of men, 
that by your spirit and your power, Father, you are bringing about a divine plan that you ordained before the foundations of this world. And Lord, we're a part of that. And we are so grateful, we're so thankful. We are so blessed to be a part, to have eyes to see and to have ears to hear. Oh, how thankful we are, Father, that you have bestowed upon us everything that we need. Thank you, Lord, for blessing the homes, the households, the families, the finances, the resources of every person, Father, within this church. Thank you, Lord God, for divine and supernatural supply that causes them to abound therewith with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. We rejoice in you, O Lord. We thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Now, if you just bow your heads for one more moment here. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if there happens to be anyone here this morning, you never asked Christ, come into your heart, be the Lord of your life. I want to give you that opportunity. I was 19 when I gave my heart to the Lord. I wish I would have done it when I was a child, but I didn't know. But Jesus, he said that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And Paul said that if our gospel be hid, it's hid to those that are lost. And you know, I didn't know anything about a designation of being lost or found. I didn't know anything about it. It wasn't until somebody came and told me that Jesus came for one purpose, and that was to seek and to save those that are lost. And when I made the decision to make him the Lord of my life, he changed everything from the inside out. I know my circumstances didn't immediately change, but they began to because I had a relationship with him. So if you do not have a relationship personally with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, I'm tired of you know playing the game, doing my deal or whatever. I wanna know him as my Lord and Savior. Can I see your hand anywhere as I look across the crowd this morning? Anybody? Thank you. Bless you, you can put your hand down. Anybody else? Anybody else? You know, the kingdom of heaven is real. Jesus is real. The end of this age is coming, well, very close, very soon. And so a heavenly kingdom is gonna be established forever and ever. And we just wanna make sure you're on the right side of that fence. Anybody else before we pray? So church, all right, thank you, sir. God bless you, I appreciate that. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. Together as a church, we're not here to embarrass anyone, but we want to help pe these people make their, their uh, make this step, such an important step. Your life will never, ever be the same after this. So as a congregation, we're going to pray with them out loud. And I want you, those of you that raised your hand, you may be here and you didn't raise your hand, but you should have. That's okay. You can still let this prayer come out of your heart before Lord before the Lord and he will meet you where you are. So this is what I want you to do. Uh, we're gonna pray together and you just pray and just let your heart agree with these words. Say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I have come to realize that I am a sinner and I need a savior. I ask you to forgive me and come into my heart. I make you the Lord of my life. Teach me your ways. 
show me your path. And I thank you for redeeming my life from hell and destruction. Lord, I pray for these that raise their hands. And I know, Father God, that you're gonna show yourself strong in their behalf and that you'll make yourself real to them even as you have right now. And I pray, Father God, that they will make decisions and choices, Father, that will contribute to their spiritual development and growth. And that, Father, you'll surround them with people that love them and that will help them and that will teach them and show them the truth, not some fallacy. And I just thank you, Father, for what you've done in these people's lives here today, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Now, for those of you that raised your hand, in a moment we're gonna be dismissed. And I know, you know, maybe we've taken a little bit more time than usual or whatever, but this is really important. So I just wanna encourage you, at the, at the close of the service, we have some people that are counselors that'll be over here in this area. And there's two things they wanna do. They wanna congratulate you on this decision that you've made. And then they also wanna be able to place some things within your hands, just some booklets and things, you know, some stuff to help you get started. And they won't take a long time to do that. They just wanna, you know, again, make a, a, a connection with you and help you down that path. Now, if you've come with someone, bring them along. They can come with. And just uh, for a few moments right over here, um, they will take care of you and they'll bless you and they'll help you, amen.